Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' big win against Florida, plus an early season trade rumor, and we prepare for PLD's return to Winnipeg. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's hop right on into this one after a nice successful weekend and a W finally in the column for the Jets. Plenty to get into both on the ice and off the ice ahead of a busy week for the club, so... Let's not waste any time and get right into it here. Joining me once again is CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. How we doing today, Tice? How was the weekend? That was uh, it was just an all right weekend. wasn't feeling great, but uh, new week, new week, new me. I was gonna say, new week, new you. <laughs> you know, was- I I, I want to ask you something because this has somewhat been normalized in my house. But I don't know if it's weird or not. <laughs> and I'm kind of leaning towards it is weird. <laughs> I'm trying to hesitate to even bring it up now, actually. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I guess. So, how weird is it to just like eat peanut butter out of the jar with a spoon? <laughs> it's funny you say that because um, it was like my, my nose was a bit clogged up and uh I like this past weekend. I pretty much like only ate peanut butter with a spoon out of the out of the jar. So. Oh, okay, well, yeah, no. I asked the right person because I was doing that. I don't. The more, the more I did it, the more I was like, this isn't like that weird. I mean, it's weird if you're like. I think it's weird if you're like going like it's just spoonful after spoonful. Oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a little. <laughs> it's like if it's like ooh, I don't want a snack, but I don't want to. I'll just have like a little bit of peanut butter. But like you're like a like a pint of ice cream sort of thing. Not not quite that bad, <laughs> but but it, it's like a sustained period of eating. Is it just is <laughs> sustained? Period. Is it just like uh, do you put anything in the peanut butter? Or is it just like no, just from the jar right down the gullet. And the worst part is my daughter has picked up on the habit too. And she <laughs> with her little with her little plastic spoon is just like 
brings this like two kilogram jar of peanut butter that it's like peanut butter like well it's got protein so i get like it's probably think, not the worst thing for you i think after three spoons start you're starting to push it oh i know it's i know the amount is troubling that's the, i just wondered like how i wonder how prevalent that is and i i, I, I guess i can kind of like save it as you know i'm i'm avoiding carbs by not having like a peanut butter sandwich but i'm also probably ingesting like 800 calories worth of peanut butter so it's it's a bit of a trade-off there but your mouth must just feel so coated but it's pretty rough (laughs) like a dog and you're just licking your lips for like an hour yeah yeah it's it's a pretty low iq treat that i have (laughs) i gotta i gotta figure i gotta get new stuff here i mean i already like the, hey, chip, the chip habit is already out of control. You I gotta find. Yeah, I guess so. I, I say that until I guarantee yeah. you, though, there's people that have weirder snacks than that. Oh, yeah, well, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but I just, I was curious where it is on the spectrum because it's, it's somewhere there. I just don't know. But it's, it's past like normal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel too bad about it then. Uh, anyways, let's move past that. No stickiness, no slog for the Jets Saturday afternoon in Winnipeg. That's a, I mean, that was an all right segue. Either way, though, for the second performance in a row, the Winnipeg Jets put their big boy pants on and they came to play. And rightly rewarded this time with the full two points against the Florida Panthers. Sending Paul Maurice's team home empty-handed in a 6-4 victory in the home opener for the Jets. I, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty hard not to get excited because it's just two games, but at the same time, they're looking mighty fine. And if you handed out the Corsi Cup after two games, the Jets would be hoisting some silverware right now, Tyson. How jacked up should we get about the Jets? One and one for sure, but two really, really impressive performances. Not just Corsi. What about goals expected for? All Dude. of it. Yeah, it's... And that, by the way, that was a smooth Cremu transition you had into this into this yeah. jets talk but <laughs> but yeah like it's they are forechecking the crap out of teams right now that is like the biggest thing i think is that their pressure is just unbelievable and especially against florida with their how banged up their defense was in that game like they completely took advantage of that oliver ekman larson is terrible he, he is washed up unfortunately like he had a really rough game but if the Jets continue to do this, man, like they're going to have, they're going to give a lot of teams a lot of trouble. And even uh, one thing I thought too, is the, the aggressiveness too on the decor to get into, to capitalize on that pressure that's caused by the forwards. Like there was a couple of times Dylan Sandberg made some nice plays, stepping up at the blue line, intercepting an outlet pass and keeping the puck in the zone. And I, I believe, and Pionk actually had a really strong game too, in that regard as well. And then the Morrissey DeMello pairing just kind of continues to do their thing. And like right now, everything's humming on all cylinders. Like I didn't look that this isn't this isn't a team that looked like they had some struggles in the preseason finding some chemistry. It looked like as soon as they had their full lineup, they practiced with their full lineup, they were able to, to get things going on the right track. And even I mean, like that Mark Shifley line, like my goodness, if they play like this all year, Mark Shifley, Mark Shifley's going to make that contract look really good. And right, like this is. This is what you want to see out of this team coming into this year. It feels like 
it's a little early to say, but it feels like a different vibe. It feels like a different team in a, in a couple of ways. And I think part of that is just having that kind of, I can't find the right word for it, but there's like almost an aura with Adam Lowry being the captain now that maybe the team's mindset changes a little bit where he's, he's, it's, it's kind of Lowry's team and he's pushing the message across to the team and they're reacting in a proper way and playing kind of Adam Lowry style hockey. And I think that right now they're just giving a lot of teams trouble. Hey, whatever it is, sign me up for 80 more of that. <laughs> like whatever it is, they, they're amazing right now. It's and I, like it's it's going to be hard to jump too much on the bandwagon. One, it's only been two games. But two, I mean, this team kind of did that for 40, 50 games last year. Right. The first 40, 50 games last year. And then the wheels fell off and it was like, oh, my gosh, can we just squeak into the playoffs? So like, th- th- there's going to be a fair amount of skepticism in the sense that I don't think people are going to fully buy in, you know, we got to for sure wait till half the season, but even after that, until we can finally declare this team, maybe a, a different group than we've seen in the past little bit. But I mean, all we can talk about is what we've seen so far and what we've seen has been outstanding. And there is no better identity for a team, in my opinion, Tyson, when it comes to hockey than a team that just lives and dies off a tenacious, relentless forecheck. It's just the bad. Like it, it, it's the same as as in if, if you have a football team and they're just pounding the rock, right? Like they're just running it. Everybody knows it's coming and you can't stop it. Like that, it's that's a great feeling as a football fan. I think the similar one to that as a hockey fan is when the four check just it just terrorizes teams. It hems them in. It turns the puck over. It does it. it just it, it sets up your whole game plan when you do it right. And and right now the Jets are nailing it like 110. percent um, You know, sure they've given up what is it eight nine goals through two games, but like I I wouldn't say for a second they played bad defensively, which is kind of the the crazy thing with it. I mean, maybe Hellebuck could be a little bit better. And, and that's probably a scary thought for the rest of the league if, you know, if, if Helly is good and the rest of the team is this good, just how high could their ceiling ultimately be here? But pretty wild. No complaints, really, for me from just about anybody so far through two games. And, and really, the only glaring one was just the poor icing and then subsequent defensive zone coverage from Nate Schmidt and company on that goal in Calgary back in the season opener. But other than that, they've been so damn good and it's been so so exciting to watch too i I mean everybody's just been pulling in the right direction so far so i i'm it's pretty wild for me tyson no complaints from me on the jets so far yeah me either i mean the only thing too is the after during that florida game after that first after barkov scores that goal you kind of start getting that oh boy is this the carolina game from last year all over again like that sort of thing but uh, they were able to lock it down. I mean, to check at that post last second. I, I, the one, my, my one complaint that I will bring up, and this is really nitpicking, but is that I still think, and this is early on, but I still think that, and granted, they have played very well to start the season, but Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor being out there protecting leads, I just don't think you could have Kyle Connor out there to protect the lead. And we saw he was oh, on the ice well, two goals at the end there. Like that's. I mean, flip it this way, Tyson. If the Jets were down a goal, would you put your fourth line out there? 
Oh, right. Totally. So, That's... so why are we put <laughs> right? Like if you're not going to put your least successful offensive players in a must score situation. So why put your worst defenders in a must defend situation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't, I mean, I would have to check the, the shift chart and things like that to, to kind of get a sense of where the team was just before that. But yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt. And, and Shifley and Connor have been tremendous, tremendous, tremendous so far. I don't even blame them for that so far this season. But when the chips are down, you know, Adam Lowry's taking that draw. And you could put <laughs> just about any other group of wingers out there. I don't even care. But you're right. I mean, Kyle Connor, that's just not his game. So don't put him in that situation. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. It's a good problem to have when uh, you're talking about, hey, when you're up by two, maybe don't put out your potential 100-point winger in 90-point settlement. So good problems to have right now. The only thing I'll complain about, Tyson, is that this isn't even a Jets thing, but I, I, for, I forgot to get to this at the start of the episode. But the NHL and their complete lack of brains when it comes to scheduling, um, I don't know if you caught any NHL action Monday night. What was it, four games on the schedule? Five, I believe. Five games on the schedule? Well, guess what? Five games on the sched. Why not have them all start at the exact same time? 6 p.m. on the dot. What a genius idea to ensure that you get the least amount of eyeballs possible <laughs> on each one of your hockey games. A chance to showcase your product? No, I don't think so. You will choose one game and you will like it. It's it's insane to me that I mean, like best sport, worst league strikes yet again that the NHL... 90% of the time doesn't grasp the concept of staggered start times. Well, the, the crazy thing is that they know about staggered start times because they're doing it next week. Like, they, they are doing it. Like, so, for that one that one big day, right? Yeah, like the red zone day kind of deal that they're going to be doing on ESPN. But so they know, like, they they understand the concept. They, I don't just, think they do. They might not. It might just be one guy be like, hey, we should like actually just do this. Or ESPN probably told them, like, hey, we're doing this. And they're like, well, that's not going to work. Staggered start times? Why would that work? But yeah. Like, and I get like there's scheduling conflicts and stuff with some arenas, but like you can't just tell the, the team, like, hey, start the game like seven minutes later. No, no, no. Just, just 30 minutes. Like, instead of like for the Eastern games, for example, it starts six o'clock Winnipeg time. Yeah, six o'clock for some, six thirty for the others. <laughs> what, like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> I, I just solved the problem, and it takes literally zero effort. It, it's mind blowing, mind blowing that the league just hasn't adopted this for for seemingly forever. And that's not even to get into the app fiasco. Their own app has been terrible. It's tough to watch games. All that crap. Either way, though, I do digress. I just wanted something to complain about, and. um the Jets aren't really offering me too many opportunities to do that. So take that, Nichelle. Um, a couple notes here that we'll get to before we wrap up the episode, Tyson. Do you want to go? Do you want to go with the prodigal the prodigal son returning? Or a little trade rumor involving the Winnipeg Jets? Let's do trade rumor first. Let's I want to get into that. I'm I'm assuming you know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't, and there's conflicting reports as to how much the Jets are in this, 
but it's been pretty widely reported that Vancouver is looking to shed Connor Garland and has for some time now, but are extremely motivated to do so now early in the season to open up some cap space for the team. And the Winnipeg Jets, for most of that time, have been rumored to be interested and in the mix for Connor Garland. Is this a yay or an A move for the Jets, Tyson? What do you think here? Three more years, I believe, at just under $5 million cap hit per season. Should the Jets be going hot and heavy for Connor Garland? I don't mind the idea of it, but I don't think you should be going hot and heavy for it just because I I just don't really see a fit for him. Like, where do you plug him into? Like, if, if you get Connor Garland, are you putting him on that line with Perfetti and Ehlers and then moving Nino down and then moving Appleton down when Appleton and... Lowry have had really good chemistry. Are you going to move Ayafalo down to the fourth line? I don't think you're going to do that either. So then it's kind of just like, where are you going to put him in the lineup? He's not, you can't really put him with the Lowry line because it's just not his game. So for me, I'm just struggling to see where he fits into this, into this group at this point. See, I kind of disagree in terms of the fit. I, I think he, I think he could work out quite nicely on Adam Lowry's line. Um, in in my opinion, he could be a similar player in the Brandon Tanev mold. You know, a little more, a lot more skilled offensively, but maybe not as as physical and, and tenacious as as Brandon Tanev was. But that's a pretty sizable upgrade over Mason Appleton to have Connor Garland somewhere. I mean, like just for example, to have potentially Lowry Garland. And Aya Fallow as your third line, that's that's pretty ju- like that would be a pretty impactful top nine for the Jets. So there's that part of it that I do like in the fact that you know Vancouver would retain some salary. The Jets, I mean, realistically wouldn't be giving a whole lot of value back to, to Vancouver. Like maybe it's Logan Stanley, maybe it's a Mason Appleton to make the cap. You know what I mean? Like it's it's gonna be relatively minor in terms of of what you're giving up there. And I, I think he's a really good player. It just hasn't worked for him out there in Vancouver right now. The one thing I do wonder is, is almost, should you shoot a little bit higher? Yeah. You know what I mean? You have somewhat limited cap space. If you're the jet, like you've got room, but you can also let that bank as the season moves along. And if the jets don't make any moves, I think it gets to like 10 or 11 million by the trade deadline in terms of cap space that they can work well, with. Remember last year when Buffalo had like 72 million at the cap or something crazy? Like they had an outrageous number. I don't remember that, but <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> but my point being, if like, even though I like the idea of Garland and Winnipeg for little to nothing does that hamstring you a little bit down the line in terms of making a bigger move? And so if, if the need isn't overly pressing right now where this team is deep on the wing, should you maybe hold off for a little bit? And maybe that surprise number two defenseman becomes available. That would be a dream fit for the Winnipeg Jets. Or maybe as a centerman comes on the market and can kind of do the Paul Stasny a few years back, right? To, to give, you know what I mean? Like there's just, a, I think you have more options if you hold this off, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, then get aggressive and make the move right now. Although yeah. I wouldn't say no if they went ahead and made the move, but I, I, I do, I think if I had to pick 
I, 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 I mean, I just want the big deal. <laughs> I think that's what the Jets need right now. They've got enough solid players on their roster that it's it's time to let's go big game hunting a little bit here and let's save some of that cap space for a juicy one down the road okay yeah if that was like a move they made at the deadline to kind of complement a bigger move i'd be i'd be all for it but i but i kind of think now it's so early in the season like i get maybe you get them early let them get acclimated to the team build some chemistry early on but I think that's more of a luxury right now at this point, adding a guy like Connor Garland. I mean, it would be nice to clear up that log jam a little bit on the D side. So I do kind of see the value in making a move quicker or sooner rather than later. But yeah, I, I think let's, let's hold off. Just Although let's say this Tyson, I don't even know if it's possible or not, but let's just say Mason Appleton and Logan Stanley for Connor Garland with like a mill retained. Does that interest you at all? I think you get a pick out of them too. Cause they're pretty strapped. Like I, 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 I think a million would be almost kind of letting them off the leash a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, Hey, whatever it is, I'm just saying, you know, and that's right, like, like a, like a base of the, of the deal. Yeah. I, 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 I could get down with that. You don't you don't lose like cap why it's not like you're taking on a ton of cap in that situation. I wonder. Does sound though, David Pagnotta did mention that it sounds like the Jets might be out of the running for now. And there's a few other teams that are in the mix here. So I feel like take Vancouver's that for what it's worth. I feel like Vancouver's kind of looking for someone like they they would take a guy like Logan Stanley, but I think they're looking for a guy kind of in a similar situation who's more of a, of a vet that they can rely on a little more because realistically the Canucks getting Logan Stanley does nothing for them. doesn't really help their, their team in the now. So I, I can see them kind of pivoting no. to a different team. That is fair. But we've seen GMs, GMs overvalue size many, many times in the past. Oh, yeah. and... Jim Rutherford. Hey, and if one GM's going to do it or president of hockey ops, it's Jim Rutherford. Yeah. So you never know. Let's keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens there in the Connor Garland situation. But it is always nice to have. It's like having a rainy day fund. You know what I mean? Like if we have a little cap space, maybe there's a malcontent on a team, a guy that we're not really expecting. Oh, I'm available. I got three years left of my deal. I don't have a no trade clause. I, I'd like to pounce on somebody like that. So <laughs> we'll see. I, I, my uh, vocabulary is so... <laughs> this is nice. So nice. not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I heard Malcontent, I thought you said like Mal, a guy like Malkin could come, <laughs> could come available. I was like, holy, we're getting really bold already. Oh, Tyson. <laughs> I know you said you have no taste, but you got you got no brain right now <laughs> with, with that thickness. I don't know. Brain fog. <laughs> yes, hey, yeah, my vocabulary it's, no good now. Like it's it's real misty in here. Yeah, well, that's okay. At least you don't work as a broadcaster or anything. <laughs> Moving on to our final point. And speaking of malcontents, well, there's a pretty big one coming to town once again in the Jets' next uh, matchup on Tuesday night. And I wonder what the reception is going to be when. P.L. Dubois makes his return, his long-awaited return to Winnipeg. How do you think the tribute video is going to go, Tyson? Are we going to get a rousing ovation for Mr. Dubois? 
Oh, no. <laughs> there's no way. That video <laughs> is going to get booed the whole way through. And there's no way it doesn't. And is he, I just want, is he like officially going as PL now? I, I think that's the, the move that, that he's, he's rebranded. He's rebranded as, as PL Dubois. I'm a big fan of like an initial names. PL might be like the worst combination of letters for, for like a, for a name. You know what I mean? Like TJ, DJ, that rolls off the tongue nice with PL. This guy, this guy just stinks. Like all around, like it's, it's just nothing. I do not like anything about him. And I wanted. Well, to- okay, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go off, go off, go off. Oh, I was just gonna like. I know we're gonna talk about the athletic article on him and all this, but and I get like with all this player empowerment, like I get it. I totally understand, and I'm all for player empowerment. Like going to a situation like heading like in the NBA with Dame Lillard and the Trailblazers, where you're a guy who pours his heart out into the city. The city loves him. He is he is the Portland Trailblazers. And then it's just they fail him time and time and time again. And eventually you just get fed up. And you're like, all right, I'm going to use my power as a star player, as the face of a franchise to kind of to put my career in a better situation than it is here. Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't do that. He got he complained and whined from the team that drafted him because the coach was coaching him too hard. And he gave up on that team during a game gets traded from a team who wants him. If And I'm telling you, if PLD signed a seven-year contract with the Jets right off the hop, he would have been the captain. I guarantee he would be the captain of this team. And so to to be like, oh, I just, I, I'm just doing what's best for my career and everything. Like, no, you're not. You just, you just want to be, you just want to be in the bright lights. You want to be in LA. You want to be in one of the New Yorks. And you know what? Fine. Like go, that's, that's your prerogative, but don't act like, you got treated like this is a bad situation and all this. Like you were given every opportunity to be a leader of a team, to to be the face of a franchise, and all you did with it was t- it was just play like a bum, like when it mattered most. So I I do not want to hear any of this stuff with PL. Boo that man. Boo I'm that just... man to the ground on th- on Tuesday night. Boo him to the ground. And if if, if you see him in the concourse. Boo him! Yeah. Boo. If you see him at DeLuca's, boo his ass. <laughs> I, I I like that you went full Don Lagreca there. That that, that was top notch stuff. Look, and, and so I guess I I should maybe clarify this for those that didn't read the athletic article, which essentially, you know, Muratitesh gave Dubois the floor to clear the air. Like he, here's an opportunity to clear up any misconceptions about why you're on your third team in a handful of years and why LA was the destination over Columbus and Winnipeg, right? Like it was just his, the floor is yours, your words, not mine. Go ahead and do it. And to kind of summarize as best as I can, I think the overwhelming sentiment throughout the article was Dubois essentially feeling like I've got one career, one life to live I'm going to make sure that I get the most enjoyment out of this as possible. But, you know, like, obviously, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but that was kind of the, to, to me at least, the overwhelming. He, he said that uh, several times throughout the article that I've only got one career and I don't want to have any regrets once I'm done. You had that your is, hand up, Tyson. Yeah, that is such a lame excuse. Like, 
you serious you're you're making eight million dollars like you could literally go on any trip anywhere like for three months of the season and then you're gonna retire when you're like 38 40 and then you have the whole rest of your life to do whatever you want like let's I, that, that just bugs me. Like, you, you're just taking, honestly, in my opinion, you're just taking the easy way out. You're going to a team where there's not really any pressure on you. You can kind of just float around and do what you want. And and look at him so far this season. I mean, it's early, but he's playing exactly the same way that he played in Winnipeg. If anything, I think he's playing worse than he did. This is, like, that. that's a guy, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself because some, there's some emotions involved here. But oh, this really? is a guy... I can see his contract just flaming out and being an absolute anchor halfway through. I really can't. I I can I could see a Kevin Hayes situation with Dubois. Oh, interesting. I could. I, I just there's something about him. It's just that I don't think he has what it takes to be a number one guy at a cup winning team. Oh, I would agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, I, like I don't think there's any. He, what he wants to, he can, but he doesn't want to all the time. So generally guys like that don't kind of figure it all out. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we saw it here. You're going to get glimpses and flashes of it. We saw it in game one against Vegas when he was the best player on the ice for either side. And then he was on a milk carton for the final four games of the series. Right? Like, I, yeah, I, I would totally agree with you 100% there. What is, and it's kind of a mixed bag with Dubois for me. When he, when he talks about like the player empowerment side of things, and I'm in, I'm also kind of fascinated, Tyson. I I thought you maybe be a little more understanding because like you know part of the younger generation, the me 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 generation, you selfish. <laughs> what are you a Gen Z? You selfish, <laughs> short sighted Gen Z morons. <laughs> I, I thought you'd have a little more compassion for him. Instead, you sound like a boomer, basically, just like ah. <laughs> Build your my whole, build your own like build a legacy, like like you you could come to Winnipeg and you could be the face of a franchise. To me, that's more appealing than any any other thing that you like. If you have and I totally get it. You're in your for the contract. You're balling out. Like you're how you're putting up eighty point seasons and the team around you stinks. Like go go ahead, ask for a trade and force your put yourself in the best situation there. This isn't really player empowerment. This is just a whiny baby like getting his way it may be a whiny baby getting his (laughs) way but he does have eight years of security with a lot of money per season playing on the beach in california as a guy in his mid 20s like maybe he didn't go about it i I don't like it there's parts like i kind of understand where he's coming from because now he's living the life it's a pretty sweet life. If any of your friends were like, hey, I forced my way out of my job and I'm making two times as much as I did before in Los Angeles right now, we'd all be like, oh, sweet. Good but, stuff. But you don't think the Jets would have offered him that contract? Like, Oh, no, was, of course. They would They would have offered him that and more. But right. That's what I mean. I, like, it's, not, it's like he's leaving a bad, a bad job to go to a better job and get paid more. You're just leaving a job to go to another job when this, when the other job has treated you more than fairly since you've been in, with that team. That's the thing that bugs me. It's not like he got treated poorly while he was here. You got treated as good as you possibly could. You didn't have to deal with media, even though you were at the front of the whole season, pretty much you got top line, you got top power play. Like to me, you're just, that's just bailing on a 
pretty good situation so that you could go kind of just, you know, do your own thing. It's just selfish to me. That's the, the, that's the part that gets me is, is more, it's not even the, I'm going to try to control my future sort of a thing, because especially in the NHL players rarely have the opportunity to do so. And so when you have some of that, like flex it a little bit, but it's almost like the, just, just the way he spoke about it. And the, and the thing that, why I say a mixed bag and why it bothered me the most is just like a complete lack of mentioning about your teammates, Right about the guys you go to battle with and how your decisions might affect them, right? Instead, it's just, uh, Columbus is rebuilding. Nah, I'm good. I'm going to move on. Uh, do I want to play Winnipeg? Uh, nah, I'm going to move on. Um, is LA doing good? Uh, like, is anyone going to be surprised if, you know, the Kings don't win a cup in these next couple of years and they might be on the downswing that, ooh, Going's getting tough. I might gotta head out sometime soon. Like th- 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 that—that's the part that that really bothered me. But the way that he's kind of navigated into going to destinations that he feels like would be best for him, I kind of dig that. Like, I th- th- there's parts of me that that kind of maybe not respect that, but I can I can understand where he's coming from for sure. But just the I'm gonna leave this place. Not not in destruction, right? But like I'm just gonna leave everybody in my wake and they'll have to figure it out. But it doesn't matter because everything's good for me now. That's the part that I've 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 got a, a pretty big problem with there. But you know, having said all of that, Tyson, I think everybody in Winnipeg is agreeing with this now. And maybe it's a bit of sour grapes. I don't necessarily think it's all that. Enjoy your extension in LA because nobody's unhappy that. He's not a Winnipeg Jet for the next eight years. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, we'll take our chances with Velarde and Ayafalo. Thank you very much. Um, but as far as I, the, the the player empowerment thing, that that honestly doesn't even bother me too much. But guys that just drift in and out of games, I'm going to try hard this game. I'm going to float through this one without much of an effort. They They just don't change. You, like you, you can't change that, and you can't you can't win with that guy near the top of your lineup. Maybe maybe if he's a third liner, and you know what, he goes on a heater in the playoffs. Well, you know what, that's okay. You can kind of live with that. But when you expect somebody to set the standard for your organization, it's just unacceptable. And I think I think fans were happy with the return at the time, and it's only been two games. But if you did a poll right now asking. Would you take Dubois for eight years at whatever it is and move on from the trade? It would be an overwhelming 95% of people, I think, saying, nah, uh, 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 uh. We'll, uh, we'll roll with Gabe Velarde, and we actually think Velarde's going to outperform Dubois this season on top of it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad he's gone. glad they got the pieces they got. I wasn't too – when it first happened, I'll tanned up. I wasn't too – I was a little bit bullish on Gabe Velarde, but so far, I mean, he's looked great. And again, it's two games in the, to the season, so temper expectations a little bit. But I think they really, I think they really nailed it here. And even adding that second round pick too, uh, that you can use at the deadline to kind of early second rounder, yeah, with, with Montreal that being Montreal's right, and you can kind of use that to get some some pretty good assets. And then the other thing that may, that kind of pisses me off about the whole situation too is that it's one thing to be to player empowerment and i mentioned to you about how well they treated him like dubois couldn't have been quietly just said hey i want to go to la but let's work together and 
get the best return out of this. Like I'll play, well, no, I'll play he, my cards. And he did that though. He gave the Jets a few different teams to that he'd be willing to sign an extension. LA with. and Montreal. Like, yeah, well, we don't know all the teams, but he he did give them a few. Like I, I actually think that part of it, he was a bit of a mensch on. You know, like he gave the Jets an opportunity to create some leverage with the Kings, as opposed to saying. LA or bust. And if he does that, like when you do that and you ruin the team's chances of getting anything in a trade, like that's full on villain territory. I mean, he's still going to be that when he comes to town Tuesday night, but I actually thought he did the jets a bit of a solid in helping them garner up any kind of a trade market when it looked like there wasn't going to be any boo. Um, Oh yeah. Boo. Um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll actually be upset if that tribute video comes on and it's like a, an applause for him I, I was i was mostly joking about the about the video I, <laughs> like there's no they can't there's no way they do a tribute video if they do it should be the shift when he was in columbus <laughs> <laughs> just like over and over yeah remember this <laughs> and, then, and then just a quick clip of torts yelling at him <laughs> yeah i, I mean Torch should Torch should drop the puck at the game. Did I mean, you I hear? That. Did you hear that? Apparently, Dubois gave a recommendation to the Jets to hire Torts or interview Torts as a head coach before they hired Bonus. Okay, I I don't believe anything Dubois says. Uh, that one does seem kind of fishy. I think yeah, I'm like, gonna. What I think I'm talking? gonna. I think I'm gonna pass on that one. Yeah, like that's I don't know, to me that's I think this guy's just sucks. Well, I what, think what, I'm what, gonna what, agree with you, Jason. Let's ask Torts what he thinks about PLD. Are we ever gonna? Uh... I should have asked him at the airport. I had a chance. <laughs> Torts, Torts, Torts. How do we feel about Dubois? Really quickly. Be like, f off, you idiot! I got a plane to catch. <laughs> Thanks, Torts. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a beauty, though. I know that for sure. And I'll tell you what. I mean, this is going to be a, a game Dubois gets up for. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, how, how, about, how about this, Tyson? Over under penalty minutes, four oh, and a half. Over. Over, over two and a half. <laughs> over two and a half. I said four and a half. I said four and a half. Oh, over. Yeah. Still over. I like it. Because I, I like I could, it. I, could, I see something stupid happening at the end of the game. I see it being a close game scrum at the end and then some this that's where it's kind of stupid stuff ends up happening i'm gonna take my money i'm gonna say man mountain brendan dylan does does something awesome i don't know what it is but i i, I i'm gonna go with, i'm gonna go with dylan Imagine, to set a bit if, of a hey, if gabe velarde wanted to just cement himself as like an all-time jet already he would drop him with dubois right off right off the bat that would one that would be sweet. Two, please don't do that. <laughs> I don't want, that, that top line's going good. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want any broken heads or anything yeah. like that on helmets. So yeah, maybe I follow. Like, give a little shove, like hey. Yeah, I, yeah, I follow a Kupari. You guys like that's okay. Polardi, I, I don't know if I totally want to see that. It's gonna be a beauty, though. I'm excited. I, I think it's. I mean, that as far as atmosphere goes, that's gonna be one of the best ones of the entire season for the club. So we'll see what happens there. Tribute video or no tribute video. Uh, we'll break it all down for you guys in our next episode, no doubt. And uh, see what happens when Mr. Dubois, well, maybe not for the final time this season, but makes his return to Winnipeg wearing the black and silver of the LA Kings. Uh, but that's going to do it for our episode right now. We'll cap it there and we'll uh, talk to you guys later in the week. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for once again listening to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll get back at it Friday morning, breaking down a pair of games for the Jets Tuesday, PL Dubois and the Kings, and then the defending champs come to town, Vegas and Winnipeg. We'll break that one down for you guys Friday morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and have a great time, everybody. Peace.